joining the ESBC podcast network where the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. I say that because we're being ingenuous uh, versus being disingenuous. Everybody's lying to us out there, trying to take us. Uh, like Jim said in one of his motivational Mondays, everybody's out to get you. Here, we're proving a point to the Chinese. The Chinese say that communism is better than capitalism because we, we're over competitive. We can't collaborate with each other. We can't help each other. We don't value each other's opinions. We listen to argue versus listening to understand. And I beg to differ, right? Uh, what we do is we look at sporting events, especially the NFL, as in a short-term investor. I have an MBA, securities licenses, clients, 40, $50 million. And I have to make decisions based on decision science. I have the book back there that's used by Fortune 500 companies to make decisions, right? So every single uh, business meeting, every single meeting, period, now my social family meetings are like this now. They have to have a purpose in a measurable, scalable, specific outcome. And for us, if you're a sharp and you make a living sports betting, you're around 59%. We're at 60. First two years of the podcast, we're at 65%. Uh, 36 weeks in a row of profit. That's what makes it a business, right? Repeatable, scalable, consistent, right? So we're very happy with that. Now we get into the playoffs, and the playoffs is harder. And usually if you can make profit out of the playoffs, you're doing good. However, remember, 59%, you're a shark, right? We hit 77% last week, wild card round. And one of the big reasons for it is because uh, the person with the best information wins, right? So in business, uh, if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. That's why we, got, we brought the heavy hitter for the playoffs, because we're usually too worse. We got Jim, and Jim gave us some great information. That we, uh, we switched a couple of things around. We got some props, and we made uh, quite, quite a bit of money to uh, kind of mitigate inflation, right? So inflation is being paid by uh, looking at sports betting as an investment. So we'll go around the horn. We'll go Jim, Scott, then Chad. First words, these guys are tougher smarter than i am and in chad's case he's younger than i excited for this divisional round weekend it's the best week of football all year these games are fairly evenly matched and the only one that's not a rematch is the bengals titans so we got a lot to talk about here right in regular season football is different than uh, playoff football 
in years past. If you stay in, you live in the past, you die in the past. COVID has changed the world forever in sporting in the sports world too. Uh, Gruden got fired over, but he was complaining over not having enough practices in FLPA. Uh, the Oklahoma drill is banned. It's funny we used to do the Oklahoma rule. Uh, I don't know if you guys did it, Scott, but we used to do it in. Uh, uh, I only have clients over, you know, twenty million to call on a Friday night. <laughs> Everybody else is blocked. But did you guys do the Oklahoma rule? Uh, uh, the Oklahoma drill in PE. We used to do it in PE. <laughs> well, I was down in the South, Lakewood High. Listen, in, in vanilla in vanilla Massachusetts, they don't allow Oklahoma drills. They take you <laughs> off to jail for five to seven years for doing that stuff. So. <laughs> they kicked you out of school. Oh, you need to go to Brown because you need to get out of here. You need to know how to do the Oklahoma drill. You gotta have depth for the football team. Depth. Some hitting involved. They depth words. Yes. English is you my know. second language, so sometimes it comes out. <laughs> no, I knew it. I knew what it was. I was joking. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just make it make the first words quick for me. Um, thanks to, to Jim's help and, and all of us, you know, 10 and three last week, plus the, the few props that we had. Um, I know Josh will be on Scotty Miller again this week. Um, you know, I'll be on a couple of props as well. Um, so we had a phenomenal week. We didn't count the Tampa Bay over total. Uh, I know Jim picked a uh, bet the Tampa Bay first half total and that came through for him. So, um, so we have it dialed in right now, all of us. So, you know, I'm just excited to, to keep that role going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Same with me, man. This is a great week of football. We got some awesome games. I mean, probably one of the best divisional rounds, you know, in the last, you know, few years for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited. You know, I got most of my stuff locked in, but I'm, uh, you know, excited to kind of get the final analysis and, any new information and, and uh, finalize all, all my picks tonight. So I'm ready to go. All right. So first game is going to be the Bengals at the Titans. Uh, the consensus pick is Tennessee money line, Tennessee minus two and a half, under 47. And Jim, uh, we'll queue up your film here. But for me, I think the deciding factor, because when you invest, right, uh, the guy in Carolina was the bad decision. He's making, he's used his technical analysis. No one's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. They've gotten uh, rich selling technical uh, analysis. Fundamental analysis is what gets you rich, right? And you look at corporate go governance, right? The measure of the man. Uh, and Rabel has won. He's beaten Belichick. He's beaten Reed. Now he has a first-year head coach without depth, uh, you know, and he's doing 15 jobs. <laughs> uh, you know, Marvin Lewis was talking about that. Uh, the different job titles that he had, that he's responsible for versus Rabel. So I think it's not necessarily a coaching mismatch, but Rabel has more resources to coming off a rest. What are your thoughts on this game, Jen? So you mentioned rest, and, and I've been troubled by this all week because everybody's saying, well, the Titans have rest, the Bengals don't. No, it's not true. The Bengals rested pretty much everybody in week 18. I, Jamar Chase played a few snaps. They got him three quick catches. They want to set the team record, got him out of the game mid-first quarter. Everybody else sat. So the Bengals have had equal rest, but they had a game under their belt 
to knock off any rust last week. It was a playoff game. So okay. I think they're at equal rest. Well, what about their depth? Especially on the defensive line. All right. Yeah, so the depth clearly took a hit. The Larry Ogunjobi injury was significant. They will get Trey Hendrickson back here, so that's big. But you know what? Ogunjobi will be missed a bit. P.J. Hall had a higher pressure rate on fewer snaps. He had five and a half sacks um, on way less snaps in the same position. So I think that's he's not going to be as much as we think. D.J. Reader is still on the inside, so I think their run game is going to be sound. All right. Well, this is my point, Jim. Let me know your thoughts. Uh you're sitting inside the 20, right? For the Raiders, this is a whole fresh four guys in there. Crosby mm-hmm. comes in once they cross the 50-yard line. The Bengals guys play the whole time. So I think that's what they're going to run into trouble in a physical game uh, later on, maybe in the second half. And when they start pounding uh, fresh uh, Derrick Henry, right? Uh what do you think about their offensive line, man? Are you going to pound them? Excellent they run blockers. They're not great in pass blocking, and they really don't need to be, although Ryan Tannehill takes too many sacks. But, yes, they were in a top 10 run blocking line all year, which is why they mostly didn't miss a beat when Deontay Foreman was in, little Dontrell Hillier, little Jeremy McNichols. They ran just fine. So, yes, the engine up front is a big part of what they do. Right. So then off of it, I'm wondering if Julio Jones is going to be like Vaughn Miller. He's only for the playoffs. You call for a film for a crossing route, right? So here's the Titans. So you got tight formation, right? Kind of a running formation. Uh, everybody's running at like a 4-2 dime. They're bringing an extra guy here in the box. So really they got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine guys in the box here. And they dial up a crossing route, play action passing, which Tannehill needs because Tannehill sucks. <laughs> so Tannehill needs help. What are your thoughts, Jeff? So, yeah, Tannehill has issues. He holds the ball too long. As we're showing the play here, we'll see. We watch the play here. Get an in-breaking route. In-breaking routes are the strength of the team. Right. Now, now they will have to utilize those. However, there are two strengths in the Cincinnati defense. On the outside, Chidobia Wuzuye had a career season. He had a right. PFF grade of 84 as a corner cover corner. Mike Hilton, who used to be with the Steelers, was average, 74, which is actually above average, a solid grade in the slot. So those two corners are be really important here, especially since it's a two-man game, a passing game, if Julio Jones is effective. But A.J. Brown, most likely, when he's on the outside, it'll probably be Wuzier. When he's in the slot, it's going to be Hilton. The key for them is, can they slow him down a little? Because he's still A.J. Brown. Superstar right. player. That's going to be very important here. Well, Shaq can speak to this because he's a wide receiver. Julio Jones, because of his body, he doesn't necessarily have to be open to catch the ball because he can out tough the other guy. What do you think, Chad? Especially in the playoff game. Chad's out in the booties. What do you think, Scott? Looks frozen. I, I think Tennessee is going to have to. Um, Hit them with the, uh, the secondary I mean, target. Frame. There he is. Yeah, I mean he's just a huge, massive. Yeah, I mean as a 50-50 ball guy, yeah, I mean, he's he's. Yeah, I'm gonna fix it. Go ahead, guy. Dude, Jim, do we Wait, think that Tennessee's gonna have to go yeah, to yeah, the a little bit more than usual screen. in this game? God, I, heard, I think I heard three voices at the same time. You got to give me that one more time. Go ahead, Scott. 
do you think that Tennessee is going to have to go with, say, a Ferkser a little bit more in this game? So the tight end is a matchup to exploit against this defense. However, if you've got Julio, if you've got A.J. Brown, and if you have mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, honestly, they're wasted plays when you're throwing to the likes of Ferkser and Jeff Swain. You yep. have play three men who are mismatches. Now, certainly you throw a couple passes in their directions, but you could realistically use those three guys for 80% of the work and everybody else gets scraps. And it really should be that way. Yeah. Yep. That's I what agree. I would think. But could how do you do something? Yes, he could. It's an easy matchup. But so if how you're do you in breaking routes, I, I would much rather throw as AJ Brown. So what, do you, what in your estimation do you think Tennessee is going to do on defense? Do you, you think? Oh gonna- my gosh. Defensively, the more I watch them, the more impressed mm-hmm. I am. They are very confusing for opposing defenses. They're the only team in the NFL that's played at least 100 snaps of cover one, cover two, cover three, and cover four. They are very good at disguising their defense. Now, they very rarely blitz. They get pressure with their front four. Their pressure rate per PFF is very low, but they pick their spots well. And if they get you in an obvious passing situation, they definitely use stunts. Can you hear me? Yeah. And yeah, it's a very strong front four. And Jeffrey Simmons yeah. has a chance to be a game wrecker inside here. Big time. Yeah, that's what that's that's the reason why I'm picking Tennessee because I think they'll be able to confuse Burrow enough on defense to to throw him off a little bit. I, I think this is going to be a Boyd Higgins type of game. That's in my estimation. I think Boyd in the slot. They've had trouble with slot uh, receivers most of the year. So now the hey, Tennessee what do you Titans. Think, Chad? Yep, go ahead. Um, what, what was breaking down the Tennessee game or that, back to that Julio question? The Julio question and, and Tennessee as a whole. I mean, Julio is definitely a great – I mean, he's, his frame, he's huge, long arms. I mean, as a 50-50 target, he doesn't need separation to throw throw jump balls and back shoulder balls his way. Definitely a, a bailout for Tannehill. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think – you know, that, that offensive line that Jim talked about, um, you know, with with a, Der- a fresh, you know, Derrick Henry that's, you know, had had a few weeks. Um, he's been cleared and, and has been back practicing. I, I, I just think we're going to see, uh, you know, I don't think Tannehill's going to have to do too much to win this game um, and, and cover, you know, cover the spread here. Um, I think they'll have success running the ball and control the clock. Um, you know, kind of keep the ball away from Cincinnati. Um and yeah, I, I just think this game is gonna gonna come under the total, uh, and 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 Tennessee uh, minus three. That that that's what I'm that's how I'm playing this game. Yeah, and Brevo's a smart guy, right? Because Ronald Reagan said it first. Uh, intelligent people make something hard easy. Dumb people make something easy hard. So they don't run a lot of formations. So I see Julio Jones or somebody AJ Brown doing a Cordell Patterson. Uh, what San Francisco do with Dino Samuels and kind of run out of this too. Get that extra wrinkle for the playoffs that they haven't had film for, right? So when Cincinnati has the ball, uh, Jim, what are your thoughts? So Cincinnati, later in the season, like the last four weeks, they went from a run-based team and they decided we're putting the ball in Joe Burrow's hands and we are going to be a pass-heavy team. Right. They have been excellent since that happened. Now, last week, it look, it was Burrow's first playoff game. 
I think there's something to that. I think he did have maybe some struggles because of that. And they were in the red zone against the worst red zone defense in the league, and they were kicking field goals. That would not work this week. But if it was just a nerves game for Burrow and that's out of the way, the one problem Tennessee would have is he has unstoppable receivers. In my opinion, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are both elite. Tennessee doesn't have a quarterback that grades over 70. Now, their safeties are phenomenal in coverage. They do a lot of things in terms of double teams, in terms of zones, and so they do make it difficult. But if Chase or Boyd or both, and I'm sorry, Chase and Higgins or both, they potentially both could go off here. If that passing game gets rolling, that would be the problem Tennessee would have. Now, there's a lot of scenarios where that doesn't happen, but we're looking at a superstar quarterback and two superstar receivers, and if they get hot, that's the only problem that Tennessee would have to worry about. Right, and Bravo won uh, three Super Bowls with a middle linebacker, Belichick, one of the greatest defensive coaches of all time, and the first thing they do is, you know, stop the run first, right? Uh, that's the first thing they teach you in coaching school. <laughs> Stop the run first. And again, death. Uh, they lose one of their uh, offensive linemen. They're, they're in a world of hurt. Okay. So, Jim, any, any objections? To no, our- I, no, I want to speak to the under, as you gentlemen talked about. And the Bengals and the Titans are the 30th and the 27th slowest teams in terms of pace of play so that definitely lends a lot of legs to your under call especially we know the titans want to keep it conservative but both teams running the pace slow that's very important in getting an under call see the thing with the the thing that that is stuck in my mind with the titans even when they've been down by two touchdowns they're still running Derek Henry and they're still running and running and running them Mm -hmm. so I I think Rabel's not going to shy away from doing that in this game and I think he's met every challenge this year that's been put in front of him in terms of when Henry's gone down, he's been able to adjust with Foreman and with the running game. So my thinking in this game is, is that Rabel, that Cincinnati might get a little bit of a lead, but I think Rabel's going to keep it close enough where he's not going to be able to have to forego the run at all this whole game and be able to run. All right. And Derrick Henry a lot. So. That's where I'm at with this game. All right. Let's queue up your Cincinnati player. You want a T. Higgins? Yep. X Factor. X Factor T. Higgins. And when you look at this play, we're running a few times. This is going to be here all day. Uh, inside, they're not going to let him get play deep. They're not going to chase get deep. You're going to play that zone you want Super Bowl with. And so that underneath slant is going to be there all day, every day. And Janoris Jenkins is the left cornerback. He was good a number of years ago. He's not very exciting of a player anymore. And T Higgins frequently will line up on the right side of the offensive formation. So that would be his matchup. Christian Fulton, uh, the young cornerback, played very well. He probably draws a lot of chase, but my guess is they're going to shade some safety help that way because they're way more concerned about Jamar Chase breaking off big plays. Higgins can and will. But Chase is far more dangerous. And with Chase, and then we'll go to the next game. I see. You think this is a Higgins Boyd type of game? I see. In Cincinnati this week? 
I see I, what they did to uh, – I think Braywell was on that team. When Peyton Manning came in there with Tony Dungy and the Patriots upset him. Uh, Colts had a better team. And what they did was they harassed uh, Harrison and all those guys. They played really physical with him. Yep. And they did uh, – they put it on the rest to make calls. So I see a lot of that. On the offensive side with Julio Jones uh, pushing people around. And then it's interesting because – the Raiders did that. The Raiders are uh, Mark Davis learning from his dad. <laughs> Some things never change. They are a press man team. Gus Bradley. So you got press press man. So I see I see Brable he's running zone. Kind of get in here, put hands on Chase, kind of rough him up, try to get under his head, hot head, and uh, they could do in the NBA playoffs. What do you think, John? Well, just remember, I mentioned earlier that this Titans team is the only team in the league with 100 or more snaps of cover one, cover two, cover three, and cover four. They mix up their coverages. They make it very difficult for teams to anticipate what they're going to do. They are very versatile. Their safeties are outstanding and allow them that multiplicity on defense. And so that is going to be one thing. Burrow hasn't quite seen a defense like this. Playing the Raiders, it was one look. We were going to see the cover three. That was Gus Bradley's thing. We were going to see that. But there's a lot more uncertainty here, especially when they make some pre-snap movement on the defense and rotate out of a coverage that it looks like it was going to be. So I think that's that's going to be the, the difficult part for um, Burrow and the Bengals offense. Yeah, I, I, I think that now that I think about the defensive game plan he had against Kansas City early in the year might be something that he, he – Right. And percentage back on it, maybe takes some pieces out of that, puts it in this game. Yeah. Percentages are huge in sports betting. 52.5% is break even. If you can't consistently get over 52.5, you should not be betting. Yep. Uh, and this was a high percentage this year a veteran defensive coordinator against a young quarterback for that exact reason that Jim talks about. There's no such thing as easy money. There's no such thing as house playing with house money. It is your money. And that's what we're doing right now. We are playing with our money. So the next game we're going to look at is your. Oh, Josh, before you go there, do yeah. you have any props for this game, Jim? This is the only one of the games I'm not so confident about a prop. The one I'm still tossing around to decide is the T Higgins over on the yard. It was low. It was like 50 yards. It was low. And, right. But if there are games where they just go to chase. And so that's my apprehension. And I haven't gotten a feel yet. If they, if, if chase, if they just feel that's a matchup they're going to work on. And, and I haven't. So this game is the only one. I don't have a solid feeling for props on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you don't want to force it. You don't want to chase. You know, you don't want to chase uh, a bet or chase anything. Chase right. any process. Uh, you know, a lot of people are chasing. They get our picks on Sunday night. Hopefully people do. Because uh, uh, we can make the money. And, and that's what it's about. Especially uh, both presidents, both Republicans and Democrats screwed this up. Trump said that he was going to eradicate COVID. He didn't. Biden said he was going to eradicate COVID. And now he's saying the COVID's going to last forever. Oh, I thought you were going to eradicate it. Oh, wait, what? So uh, 
we don't believe in Easter Bunny or Santa Claus in the podcast. You have to deal with reality and uh, look at things where you have a high probability, right, up to 80%. There's no such thing as a lot. So you got the San Francisco 49ers playing Green Bay. And in a lot of ways, it's the opposite of the first game. I think uh, I like the road team here. Uh, Bro is a healthy, young quarterback. Garoppolo is a hurt, kind of older quarterback. The shoulders hurt. But I think that's a plus because <laughs> I don't think I don't think uh, Shanahan wants him to do that much thinking. Shanahan wants to win with the running game. So there's John Lynch. They work together. Complimentary football, complimentary uh, defensive mastermind, uh, offensive mastermind, both of Super Bowl winners. Uh, you always mention Super Bowl winners because they do have a difference, right? The difference between a winner and a loser is that a winner uh, worked five more minutes than the loser did. The loser quit five more minutes before the winner did. So there's always an edge for people who won Super Bowls. Brable in the last game. Uh, this gave Shanahan Lynch. Rodgers won a Super Bowl, but LaFleur is like Zach Taylor that they were uh, coffee boys for Andy Reid. And that's, that's the way they came up. And they're trying to be Andy Reid instead of being their own men. But they're making millions of dollars. Who am I to kind of disagree with it? But uh, who is a tougher team, right? And is a tougher team going to win? And Rodgers. Uh, the receiving courts, right? I know we got we got your uh, says De- uh, Scantling. Valdez Scantling. I went to high school with his dad. He went to Lakewood High. Uh, when I was there, it was William Floyd by Nara won the Super Bowl with Steve Young, uh, Jerry Rice the year before the national championship with the Florida State Criminals. The <laughs> uh, Valdez went to my same high school and he went to the USF Balls. He made big plays with Willie Taggart. Uh, hey, Jim wanted to dial up that play. So we'll do this real uh, quickly. We'll go, what are you thinking when San Francisco has the ball? And we got your kiddo play dialed up. And what are your thoughts when Green Bay has the ball? And third part question for you, Jim. Uh, maybe you have an administrator. And he's going to get another job at another school. This is mine at school number one. Is Joe Barry, who's getting all these job offers, going to be locked in in a death struggle against uh, Shanahan? So, first of all, the 49ers side of the ball. The Packers defensively are built to stop the pass. Very good secondary. Very good pass rush. They are not designed to stop the run. Kenny Clark's good inside. He's a rotate. He has to rotate out. He didn't play this now. Great. We got the play coming here. Here we go. So what, what Jim's alluding to, and actually it's my favorite play. Uh, I remember OJ Howard running this in Alabama, where the tight end is versatile, right? He can stand up like Jimmy Graham, go in the slot with some air raid. You can see Kelsey running the air raid. So what uh, O.J. Howard did a national championship, he crashed down on this guy, and then he went out for a run. Uh, Adam, so you don't know if they're passing or running. Kittle releases out of this, right? And, and we'll play a few times as, as you explain this, Jim. 
And so we saw last week George Kittle was not used in the passing game. He was used as a blocker the entire game. But as you see here, leaking out, not only that, but he is going to be going out of run-heavy formations. This was a three-receiver set. So they were in, you know, facing more of a light um, front. But they're going to dictate heavy fronts as much as they can from the Packers. Now, the Packers play nickel most of the time, but they're not going to be able to go dime against those heavy sets. And right. George Kittle is a big X factor here because they used him very well in the first meeting against the Packers because they understand their advantage. The Packers are going to try to do some creative things to stop the run game, but George Kittle, you can't put a, just a pass defender on him because he's lined up as an inline blocker. And Shanahan is the king at getting him schemed out and downfield and in open space for very long potential gains. Now, the run game, the Packers are not going to be able to stop them because what Shanahan has done all year is he will set you up. If the Packers right. come out, they're going to they're going to set their two edges out too far to say you're not going outside of us. All Shanahan will do, he will set the play to look to go that way, and he'll create a cutback lane. So they are going to run the ball here. Kittle's going to get his. Not a big okay. wide receiver game. They're going to they're try to take seven, eight, ten minutes off the clock with drives in the cold weather and leave right. Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. That's my take on the 49er side. What do you Let think, Scott and Chad? Go ahead, Chad. Can you guys hear me all right? Yep. All right, cool, cool. Um, yeah, man, I really agree with Jim. I uh, I really think the four, if the 49ers can have success in that running game and control the, this clock and keep Rodgers on the sideline, I think they're going to have a really, really good chance to win this game. In the, in the thing about Shanahan? You know, I, I, I like both games tomorrow. We The thing about Shanahan is that Garoppolo is going to have two plays in his head in whatever defense uh, the Packers line up in, it's going to be the wrong defense. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can hear you better now, Chad. What were, what were your last remarks? So, so my – Yeah, no, I, I just – go ahead, Scott, go ahead. No, go ahead, finish, finish up. You know, I just I – just, um, yeah, I, I, I like – I like uh, San Francisco's run game here. Yeah, Chad's having a little problem. We'll, we'll have him call in. <laughs> right now. Right, Bay, I think this is the worst matchup Green Bay could have drawn a Super Bowl hit. So we'll we'll get Chad to call in and we'll get his voice. So I I just think ahead, Scott. I just think no matter who San Francisco puts in the backfield, Green Bay is going to have an immense amount of problems with it, whether it's. Debo, whether it's Elijah Mitchell. I don't think Garoppolo is going to have to throw a ton of passes this week. So I, I think the passes that he throws are going to go a lot to Kittle and maybe Ayuk, depends. But I think San Francisco can win on the strength of their running game this week. And I, I think they could be effective with that. I'm not saying they're going to win, 
but but I think that's where San Francisco's uh, bread and butter is, and, and Shanahan is fine with that in, in his mind. So that's that's what I think. Yeah, um, I do too. I think uh, Shanahan's going to outcoach Lafleur in the same way Brayball is going to outcoach Taylor in the other game. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, absolutely. On that Shanahan, and again, having played them, and let's not forget, it wasn't that long ago, the Raheem Moster game, where he ran for 250 yards or whatever it was, something like that, maybe 228 or whatever. But nonetheless, nothing's changed. The Packers fundamentally are no different of a defensive team. And the 49ers honestly can do more with Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell than they could at Raheem Moster. This is a better San Francisco run team than that one was. And hey, the Winch is gonna be minus five in this game. And running the ball, that that's a perfect script. Not worried about a West Coast team going into freezing cold temperatures when you're putting fullbacks and tight ends on the field and you're smashing it down the opponent's throat. Yeah, I mean I mean, I know he's gonna get to the Green Bay side in a minute, but the, the one thing with Green Bay on their on offense is is that San Francisco's had had major difficulties against Devontae Adams. I mean, major difficulties. So I, I think the running game will keep Rogers Devante off the field, and that works to San Francisco's total advantage. I would I would take the under in the first half, whatever it is in this game for sure, because I, I, I think I see a lot of running um, and not a lot of passing in the first half. Well, you got to remember Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid is a run guy. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm going to give you – I'll be up in a second. I'll give you a better uh, San Francisco play. Uh, it shows you their run formation. Plus, I don't. I don't think Rogers is beating San Francisco in the playoffs. I think he's zero three. I saw on, on the NFL Network. So, you know, that weighs on his mind too a little bit. You know, how do I beat these guys? What do I do? So, right. And I think he's too now. I think he wants to be the the uh, the guy for Jeopardy. He wants to be the host of Jeopardy. He got yes. cheated out of that. And and now he's doesn't know what to do. Uh, again, another guy who he's not the president. He's not Biden. He's not Trump. Uh, it doesn't matter that he that he lies. Nobody really cares. He's not a doctor. Right. Nobody really cares about his COVID situation. And he made it a big deal, you know, which you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Really, especially when you're a football player, uh, you and he wants to be like the head, you know, Jeopardy, which is a very neutral type of position. Uh, so, uh, Aaron Rodgers' head is going to be interesting as we go. Is this going to be the last game? Do they even want him back? Because uh, the floor can't run his offense because uh, Rodgers is like Ray John Rondo, right? Ray John Rondo, they call play. He doesn't care. He runs his own play, right? He doesn't care. And Vogel's not going to get fired, right? Because he can never control that team because it was never his team, right? So before we get to the other two games on Sunday, here we go with your basic 49ers type of – Power offense here. Actually, gave me a photo set of the video. Let me get the video. Uh, power football. 
Mm-hmm. Full back on the field, Kyle Juszczyk getting right in front of the quarterback before the handoff here. See him right. rushing out exactly. to the right. Exactly. I'll be there in a second. But right, so this is uh, Jim and I's favorite formation. This is what we grew up with, with yeah. a fullback and a tight end. Now, yes. because of the spread, because of all the things going on now, uh, people don't see this in high school. They don't see it in college. So they have to be trained in the NFL. And it's kind of hard to be trained like that when uh, – you're going against a guy like Shanahan who has uh, been to two Super Bowls as a coordinator and his dad's won a Super Bowl. So that's going to be interesting to watch how that kind of, kind of plays out. All right, we'll get it up. I'll talk until the play rolls, and once it rolls, I'll stop talking. Marquez Valtas-Scantling is doubtful to play in this game, and that's important because the Packers – Yeah, here, the play's coming. Yeah, but that's an important injury for the Packers because, yes, Alan Lazard can get deep, but Alan Lazard has become one of the best blocking wide receivers in the game. Valtas-Scantling offers them an explosive downfield element, and with him unlikely to play, that takes a little bit away, and it allows the 49ers in their zone to be a little more aggressive in the shorter area of the field without having to have the same concerns about players getting over the top. I think they're willing to live with Alan Lazard beating them once, um, and however that works out, but Valta Scantling Scantling's not playing. He's doubtful. Listed as doubtful. Is, um, is Bosa in or out? Bosa is expected to play. He's expected to play. Okay. Yes. And Warner is expected to play as well. Expected right? to play as well. Okay. And so realistically, the play's coming up here. It looks like. Yeah. Here we go. This is how they line up. Notice the tight formation. They keep the receivers very tight to the formation. Gives Rogers them a lot of flexibility. Okay. Rodgers is in the gun. Uh, and remember, Andy Reid's a run guy. So there's always some sort of run concept, even though they're in every. Uh, and uh, I call him Tampa because that's where uh, John Lynch uh, defense comes from. They always have those four down linemen. Kind of 4-3, it kind of morphs into a 4-2, you know, the Tampa 2 defense, plays zone all the time. Uh, and here's your play, Jim. You run it a few times as you describe it. Just, they're the hotter team. They're the more put-together team. Uh, we'll get you. Uh, I don't know. There you go. And so what Rodgers and the Packers offense will do, as you see, by, by putting the receivers in a tight formation and going empty in the backfield, they, he can get the safeties looked off and he can get the, the look downfield with a single covered receiver. And that's how he takes his occasional downfield shots. A lot of re- uh, attention required inside of Devontae Adams, but slipping that receiver deep is a very important part of what they do. But as we mentioned, if Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's not expected to play, is not on the field, they lose some of that downfield element, which could be critical to their success in this game. And I think the two the two points that I just looked at the notes that you sent us was that D 
Debo was not running in the backfield in the first game. Elijah Mitchell did not play in the first game. Sermon played. And so that right there, it's a different dimension of San Francisco team that Green Bay is going to see. And one, they may not be able to handle on defense. So, and Ayuk wasn't even a power. He was on the doghouse. He was only playing yeah, was 40, still, 50% of the snaps. Right. And he's a 90 plus percent player now. So Maybe yes, not. great point. It's a completely different 49ers team. And, um, yep. and Trey Lance actually scored the first touchdown of that game. He came in the halftime package. I remember that. Yeah, remember so that, that was interesting. But yeah, so overall, Packers side of the ball. Look, the 49ers have bad corners, but they play an exceptional zone. They hide those corners well. Their safeties are outstanding in understanding where to be. They're also both big hitters. Jimmy Ward and Jaquesky Tart, very right. big hitters. And so what I think they're going to do here is, look, Devontae Adams is going to get his receptions. He's going to get a ton of them. He's going to be open in the short area of the field. But I think, especially with no expectation of Valtas Scantling on the field, the safeties can come up even closer. And I think they're going to give Adams all the four and six yard catches he wants, but they're going to plaster him every time. He's not getting run out there catching this game. I don't see much. He might, an occasional one, maybe a, a coverage bust, but the way this defense has played this year, they have played so disciplined in that zone. And they get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing believe it or not, when they lost Javon Kinlaw to the injured reserve early in the season, we thought it was a critical blow to that front line. They have become better. That front four, not only they stuff the run without much linebacker help, linebackers are great in support, but they also get after the passer. It's an outstanding front four. And if you notice in the Dallas game last week, even after Nick Bosa went out, they were still pressuring the great Dallas offensive line and Dak Prescott consistently. Yeah, the, Josh, the more and more I think about this game, the more and more I, I like San Francisco in this game. I, I, think, I think they could win this game. I don't know if they're going to, but I think, as Jim said, what they're going to say to the Green Bay offense, okay, you throw the four-yard passes or the, the, the little slants, we're going to come up and, and tackle you. And Green Bay may have to take the long road down the field instead of hitting that, that long pass to, to Scantling long pass, you know, Lazad, Lazad may have to play that scantling role, unfortunately, because Cobb is back. So Cobb may, you know, may slide into the slot. I don't know if that Jim agrees with that, but I think somebody's going to have washed. to take that deep root, deep yeah. downfield target area. Well, it would be Lazard. Maybe it's the tight end. Maybe it's it would be Lazard. Yeah. Lazard can do that. I mean, honestly, Randall Cobb is washed. I know his right. one game he had two catches Agreed. for 14 yards and two touchdowns. Agreed. He's washed. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So Jim, let me ask you this yes. before we get into the other game because we got we're on San Francisco the one. Uh, Green Bay has been the number one seed uh, a couple times and they lost uh, as well. Um, uh, if you live in the past, you die in the past. So when they won the Super Bowl, that was a long time ago with McCarthy. That was like 12, 13 years ago. Yes, so it's not even relevant. I mean, Rodgers has won a Super Bowl, credit to him. Mm -hmm. He's a great quarterback, right? But uh, I think we're, we're, we are overestimating uh, Green Bay in this situation. You're giving them way too much credit. I think so. And now I will say one thing for Aaron Rodgers. He's had two of the best three years of his career with – the new coach. Yep, right. 
Because LaFleur understands you put heavy personnel in, the defense has to follow suit, and instead of seeing six defensive backs, you see five, sometimes you see four, and Aaron Rodgers, when you give him favorable looks, takes it. They throw on early downs, and they're smart to do that. Um, so right. those are advantages, but I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers, how many real big games has he really won in, a long, in, the, in the recent past? And the answer is not many. No. Right, and that's what you track, right? It's sports betting, make a lot of money tracking what the heck is going on. And if you live in the past, you die in the past. I know that uh, I lost a few bets this year living in the past. Uh, Pete Carroll did the same thing, right? He tried to run the ball. We didn't have the type of a team to be able to run. And he ended up doing well at the end of the season where he, he let the, the, the guys convince him to get in a shootout that he was able to win. Yeah. All right. You got, you got props on this game, Jim? I do. So I, the, the yards have gone up a little bit. I got Kittle at over 49 and a half yards. I think it bumped up two yards since. I still like it. I think Kittle's going to get two or three significantly chunk plays here, and one could go for massive yards. So I love him over 49 and a half yards. Again, to get 53, 54, we're still good there. Elijah Mitchell, I don't understand it. It opened at 76 and a half, and I bet that. I think it's up to 79 now. He's got to be a lock for 90 plus yards here. He gets that every game. He gets 21 to 27 carries. He's going to get that here. Uh, to me, that's a no-brainer. And then Devontae Adams, you could go either route. You could go both routes. Over seven and a half receptions. He's going to get 10 catches in this game. Yeah. They may not go for a, you know, a boatload of yardage, but if you're going to catch that many, if you like the yardage and it stays at 93 and a half, he's still with volume. You get 10 catches. You're going to get 90 yards. You're going to get yep. that 95, 98 yards. You're going to get that. So I, I don't think it's a massive crazy game, but either of those, I would prefer of the two, if you're going to take one or the other, I think the lock is the reception. I think they both are, but I think the seven and a half receptions is the better lock than the 93 and a half yards you like a Devonte adams anytime touchdown as well you think he gets one no no um he's likely to score one but there's too much risk in it i think there's too much risk there all right uh, he certainly could and why wouldn't he right but right but i think that with i i really think that with that zone they play they may clamp it down on his side a little bit more in that area of the field okay. and rogers is very happy to check the ball the other way if something's left open Rodgers will identify it. Yeah. He'll go there. Yeah. Well, the thing with Shanahan and Rodgers, that whatever defense you're in, it's around defense. Uh, these old quarterbacks know how to put their teams in the right play. And as we segue to the next game, Tampa Bay at Green Bay, uh, it seems like the weather's not going to be a factor in this game. Uh, Tampa Bay has a hurt offensive line. Uh, Godwin is in there. I think this is where you're going to miss Godwin because uh, Godwin is a steady force, right? He's consistent. He's a good guy. Superstar. Yeah. He, 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 he's more of a technician than he is an athlete. So he, uh, he brings that element that you need uh, in a game like this, in a playoff game where they're not at full strength. The interviews, right? Uh, in in this game, Raheem Morris is interviewing for the Minnesota job, right? So is 
uh, the offensive coordinator. So it's it's both guys are going uh, Brian Leftwich, right, and Todd Bowles too, right? How much can these people compartmentalize to not affect the game plans? And is the head coach paying attention to this, right? So there's a lot of intrigue into this game and who can manage what. Arians has won a Super Bowl twice as an offensive coordinator, once as a head coach. Brady's won seven Super Bowls. So they always do a lot better than, uh, than you would expect, right? Given the, the, the situations that they put themselves in. Uh, McVay has gotten a team to the Super Bowl. As a head coach, again, Andy Reid, Jim uh, Gruden guy. Uh, he's managed the team well. What do you guys think about this game? So one side of the time, let me go one side of the ball at a time. Want to go with the Rams side or the Bucks side first? What do you like? Uh, go with the Bucks. Okay. So first of all, look, Tristan Wirfs, they're saying game time decision. I'd be stunned if he played. And if he plays, there's no way he's holding up the Von Miller. He's going to get, he kicked that ankle was a high ankle sprain. He came back in, he got pushed around. That is going to be horrific. First of all, last year, yes, Bucks won a great Super Bowl. They had some of the most favorable injury luck. It's caught up this year. Right. They are in big trouble when they're on offense. So this is where they miss, as you mentioned, Godwin and Antonio Brown, because the one thing the Rams can do, if you have one receiver, they can take them out of the game. Jalen Ramsey will travel, whether it's in the slot, whether it's outside, wherever Mike Evans goes, Jalen Ramsey will, I guarantee you, 100% of the time, he is following Mike Evans because they don't care about Scotty Miller. They don't care about Tyler Johnson. They don't care about, well, I don't think the other guys are going to play. I think um, right. Cyril Grayson's not going to play. Perryman's ruled out already. Right. Um, Grok's going to get some. Grok is going to get some because both safeties for the Rams are out. So Grok's going to be okay. Betting at any time touchdown on Grok is a good deal because in the red zone, Ramsey's going to be on Evans. Grok's going to be a heavy read with two backup safeties in. So I think that's a beautiful play. But that said, the the screen game of Fournette will be okay. Fournette does seem to play this week. He seems to be ready to play. Screen game will be there. I don't think they have much success running the ball. Uh, they also have um, – uh, who's the other offensive line who's beat up? I'm sorry, I'm not, I should know this. And Jensen, Ryan Jensen. Yeah, Ryan Jensen's beat up, and that's hurting them as well. So this is not a game they're going to run. No quarterback likes pressure. The Rams are red hot on defense right now, and they don't have receivers to worry about. So I think they are going to struggle. They're going to punt a lot. Um, they're going to get desperate late. I just don't think they have the weapons to score consistent and many points against this Rams defense. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'm a thousand percent with Jim. I, I just think these injuries are, are going to be too much for Brady to overcome this week. I just think the Rams on offense and defense, McVay unlocked the, the key to their offense. Stafford throws 25 times maximum in a game. They run the ball. They're effective. They win the game. He did that against Arizona. I think that's the recipe you're going to see again. I think they're going to pressure Brady all game. And Brady is the, the one guy that if you hit him consistently, he does not look down the field. He looks for the quickest offensive weapon he can find, which is probably going to be Fournette in this game. Mm -hmm. I yeah. see Fournette getting a lot of dump offs, a lot of screen uh, out of the backfield. Fournette could catch eight balls this week very easily. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I think that's what it is. And I think we've said it, we've said it earlier in the season. Once Brady gets hit, he's off his game completely. He doesn't one quick ed. He does not have, he's not as effective. Go ahead. One quick ed. So remember Brady's last game in New England when they were playing Tennessee. Brady didn't have weapons. Brady couldn't move the ball. They couldn't score. Well, Brady has Mike Evans. They have Jalen Ramsey. So in other words, Brady doesn't have weapons here. We know exactly. what it's like when Brady doesn't have weapons. Yep. We've seen it. Yep. Right. Yes, no running backs, no receivers. What can they guy do? And as we've seen time and time again with Brady, if like a guy like Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't catch that ball, he doesn't trust him. He doesn't go back to him. So right. if, if Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller doesn't catch the ball, he doesn't have the trust in them. He's not going to them. He's he's going to go right. away from them. Which, which which means yeah. that that's Fournette Grunk even more. I think Evans will get three, four catches, but I think Evans will be definitely neutralized by Ramsey. I think McVay knows if we can get if we get Evans controlled, we'll win the game, and that's that's the key. All right. So, in business, you always have backup. Uh, we've had technical difficulties, but let me tell you what I think the key is. Can you guys see that? Yes. Yep. First play is going to be uh, Odell Beckham. He's your he's your new Robert Woods, and then Cam Akers. Cam Akers look great. So they just have more offensive weapons. I think the coaching is even. Todd Bills is going to dial up some zone blitz, but. Stafford has seen it in his 13-year career, and he'll be ready and able to go. Any props for this game, Jim? And what was our pick, Scott, in this game? We had Tampa we Rams. Uh, Rams plus three, Rams money line over 48. Both Arians won two Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator. Brady's won seven Super Bowls. Boy Wonder is Boy Wonder. McVay, offensive guy, they'll figure out how to score and get this game over in good weather. Just yeah, a quick I, note on the Rams offense. This is going to stun some people. Yeah, Matthew no. Stafford's grade against the Blitz has been insanely good this year. He's killed yeah. the Blitz. Matter yeah. of fact, the first meeting with the Bucs shredded them. So they're and they're gonna have to be ner nervous because they blitz him. They now they got OBJ. It's not Deshaun Jackson who killed them right. in the first game. It's OBJ. And so it's a completely different setup. And I'm um, so any anyway, props I like in this game. Cam Akers over 18 and a half receiving yards. I think he's going to be used as a receiver. He's him a couple times last week. The run game is still tough against the Bucs. Bucs aren't as good as they were. It's still not a great rushing matchup, so I'm, I'm nervous about that. Gronk, anytime touchdown. And today I saw Mike Evans' yardage total went up from 68 to 71 and a half, under 71 and a half on that yardage. Wow. Nice. The, the thing with this game, too, is Tampa Bay can cover one thing, but Stafford will just go to the next thing. I mean that that's that's the thing with the with the Rams offense right now is they're they're in a really good place right now. They can they can do just about anything on offense against Tampa Bay. And I don't think Tampa Bay is gonna have a solution for it. Now the X factor, I'll give you guys two X factors before we go to the next game. Anger, right? Football is the only sport that I tell this to uh Chad Nolan, where you can legally hit somebody, hurt them, and get away with it. Uh, Levante David and uh, Devin, Devin White, they have main streaks. And they're two linebackers who can create toners and can take over a game. And Harris Dean, all those guys on the Rams offensive line are old. 
So Bucks have a bad defense. Bad, uh, <clears throat> first, first half on defense. Todd Bowles is going to have those guys like crazy maniacs in the second half. So Devin White and Avante David can get angry. And we're old enough to remember Lawrence Taylor take over games from the linebacker position. And you could do that because Stafford can't throw deep. So these linebackers are going to be all over it. Deep drops and maybe try to hurt uh, Odell Belkin coming over the middle. I do have to add one thing about that real quick. Devin White is a great run defender. He is the mark. They will attack him in the passing. He is horrible in pass coverage. They will get Cooper Cup in his area of the field. They will get him matched up on the linebacker. Devin White, you're going to see him trailing in a lot of reception areas. They're going to they're going to make him look terrible in this game. Yeah, and And, and the run defense is fine. Run defense is fine, like Josh said. And reading Jim's notes, I forgot Cooper Cup had a had a huge game against them the first time. So I, I, I believe he's going to have another huge game against him. I, I just think the Rams have too much offensive firepower in this game. Well, well the thing is, too, the rest are going to be very important because White, what he's going to have to do is going to have to hit the guy, put hands on him, pass interference, get late hit on Cooper Cup. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. So uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think – well, that game, we got the Rams, plus three, money line in over 48, two out of three, 66%, which is uh, over the break-even mark. Right. I think we're going to hit I think we're gonna hit three or three. Why not? I, I think so. I think we're going to hit all three. Love it, love it, love it. So, I got a plus one. Uh, it's going to be very important. So, this game uh, – I say plus one because of college, right? Uh, D-Ball won a national championship with uh, Nick Satan, right, Alabama. College plays, and he really has had a simple office this year. I'll give him credit, right? Uh, intelligent people, Ronald Reagan said, intelligent people. Uh, make no, some name, um, I would say no, but so. Go ahead. So intelligent people make something difficult easy. Stupid people make something easy, difficult. Both these teams, even though, you know, uh, they both come with the same philosophy, same coaching three, really have simple offenses. They have great athletes, simple offenses that we'll take a look here. Uh, what do you want to do first, Kansas City or uh, Buffalo, Jim? Let's do Buffalo. All right. So plus one's never been stopped. Uh, Tim Tebow won a national championship with this, right? And what we're looking at is designed runs. But sometimes you disguise a designed run as a uh, drop back pass, right? So they do a great job. And he'll have different flavors of it. Usually in a game, they can run up to 15 design runs is what the Buffalo radio say they have in a package, right? You have a package and then you have a series of plays. So they have 15 design runs in a package and about five design uh, runs in a series. So here you got three receivers, right? Got man, right? So man says, lends the quarterback to run. So if a quarterback historically, right? If you look at historical stats for Jim Moore Jr., his dad used to coach in the NFL. If a quarterback can make three first downs with his legs, they win 75% of the time. 
52.5% is break even. So this one, man, so you know, he's going to run. He acts like he's going to drop back, right? He acts like he's going to drop back. Well, actually, this is a college play RPO. So there's a run pass option. So he has two plays in his head, right? He decides to the run because of the, where the front is. And then the guy came around, which you see a lot with Green Bay. So on this one, right, he acts like he's going to drop back, right? So this you can see right here is a total fake. The running back going down, and he's already over here because he's excited about running, right? He's not even really looking. He's acting like he's looking up the field. He's seeing where the safety is, and he really doesn't give the play a chance. He takes off. All right? Boom. Middle of the field is wide open. Kansas City has the same kind of defense. It's saying no one's going to rush for it. So when we go to Jim, we're going to leave it right here. Hold on. Yes. So this is the critical component that the Bills want to integrate, especially in the playoffs. We talked about this last week. They want to weaponize Josh Allen as a runner. And as we called last week, they did. He went over the rushing total early in the second quarter. It's over 69 yards. Well, now in this game, the Chiefs, my guess, they didn't have Chris Jones in the first game. They were didn't Melvin Ingram. They acquired in trade at the trade deadline. This was a horrible defense the first time they met. They are now a good defense. I fully expect two things. I do expect Steve Spagnuolo to do what he does, which is blitz. Josh Allen is good against the blitz, but he'll make mistakes against the blitz. And I think they just wanted to make a couple of mistakes in this game so that the Kansas City offense do okay. The other thing. I think we're going to see some cover seven. I think we're literally going to see a wall of defenders in the back. They could bracket two guys at digs. They could, they could actually double two guys, or they could utilize that if Josh Allen goes to run. They could keep him from the massive long runs and come right. up and hit him. Or they could use some of those guys as blitzers. So I think they're going to have a lot of window dressing here. We still know the Bills are going to move the ball. They're going to score in this game. It's about creating two to three stops or turnovers. And that's what Spagnuolo is going to look to do here. Now, do you think they're not going to go conservative? Because last year they lost in a shootout. So usually coaches do the opposite, right, of what they did the first time. So you talking about um, Bills on offense or Chiefs on defense? Uh because you said they're going to do window dressing. I think they're going to play a conservative game plan because they really have all year. All I, those... I, Spagnolo's nature is the blitz. That's right. his nature. And he got burned in the first game. I don't think he dials back. Because remember, it wasn't the same team. No Chris right. Jones. He's the linchpin of that defense. I said Melvin Ingram wasn't on the team until the trade deadline. Um, the corners didn't separate and become factors until the second half of the season. It's a completely different team. A lot of the same. Matter of fact, the biggest problem they had was Daniel Sorensen was a full-time player, a liability on the field. Now, back off him, Juan Thornhill's in, massive upgrade. So, no, I think Spagnolo is very comfortable with his personnel, and I believe he thinks he'll get those two to three stops and or turnovers, which is all his offense would need to be competitive and possibly win. So if a quarterback makes three first downs with his legs, he wins 75% of the time. So what I'm going to say is that Josh Allen, you're right, they're going to do that type of kind of zone because that's what Andy Reid uh, kind of likes and Spagnolo 
Won a Super Bowl with Andy Reid and Dan Spagnuolo. Won two Super Bowls with Tom Coughlin, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Any other thoughts from you guys on that, on the Bill side? No, that's it. So, um, so the the stats that you sent in the notes, Dawson Knox had a huge, huge game. His, his average yards per catch were like almost 35 yards per catch. And, and you could thank Daniel Sorensen for that. He beat yeah. him on a long play. Uh, I, so, believe, I believe he was the mark on that. And he so won't be the, playing much. He'll only be a situational defender in this game. Uh, Juan Thornhill would be more likely to pick him up on that. Now, Knox can still perform there, but right. it, it's night and day. I mean, this is uh, Daniel Sorensen, love him. I love him. You know, very sound, smart football player. Just can't hang with higher level right. athletes. But yeah, Thornhill definitely puts that in check a bit. Where where do you think Buffalo's offense is going to have success in this game? Diggs is still, even if they even if they go cover seven and double, Diggs is still going to get his. And this is a game they're going to have to go to him. They're going to need to lean on Steph Diggs here. Uh, they have backed off him in a number of games, but they're going to need Gabe, him. What here. about Gabe Davis? So Gabe Davis potentially has a tougher matchup. The outside corners have been playing very well. Now they'll occasionally move him in the slot. Outside corners are pretty tough. Diggs can outrun anybody with his technical skills, but I don't think Gabe Davis quite, I don't think this is a great Gabe Davis, but I think it's about Diggs. I think everybody else is going to nickel and dime it. You'll get a little bit from everybody else, but it's going to be, Diggs can get 140 yards in this game. Okay. So in the array, right? The wide receiver and the quarterback, Read the defense independently. Guy goes out, he runs around, and he looks for the ball. So Kelsey on this play, he's reading now. Guys in motion to see what kind of defense they're in. Follows him along. Kelsey goes out on the route. He reads man, right? He looks for the ball. Boom, he's got it inside. That's straight air raid. So once they figured out what defense they were going in, uh, it was it was lights out. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, all they do is play zone, right? They really don't do anything else. What do you think, Joe? So Buffalo, yeah, they're safety. Another team, great safeties. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, very versatile, allows them to do a lot of things. You see Mahomes here picking the spot in the zone. This is the first game that Buffalo will need Tredavious White. He's been gone. They have not had any offense that could have tested them. He's physical. When the Chiefs go with those three-by-one sets, three receivers on side and Travis Kelsey on the other, it was Tredavious White who could be physical. Remember, Kelsey's a basketball player. You get physical to him, he struggles. I don't think they have anybody else who could be physical to that level with Kelsey to slow him down as Tredavious White. He is going to be missed here. The other thing is with those three receivers on the other side, there's going to be a lot of high-low concepts with the receivers to break their zone up a little bit. I think that they've grown Pringle and to a lesser degree Hardman down the stretch. I think that they're going to have success moving the ball. This is a very tough zone. They're very well-coached. They're very strong hitters, physical. But I And Jarek McKinn is the X factor. That screen game Andy Reid used to run forever. Right, 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 right in here, I think, I think Jim, right here, is going Go ahead. way open for Kansas City. Yep. What we saw last week, McKinnon would run the fake and flip flare out very fast. Right. Buffalo is going to be in a lot of trouble. Buffalo can't stop the run, 
but the screen could kill them. And then going across, right? So you could go jet sweep. Now look at yep. notice, notice uh, from a tight end position, you got a running back. Yes. Very creative. He goes to the other side. He's wide open too. There you go. See? Yep. Yeah. They're, this we're going to see a great version of the Chiefs here. Both it's going to be a great competitive game. Both teams are going to score a lot of points. But the Chiefs have a tactical advantage here because finding Jarek McKinnon was huge and developing Pringle and Hardman. That was huge for them. Yeah, and I, you know, Edwards Hilaire is back, but uh, how much is he going to play? How effective are they going to be? I think they unlocked something with McKinnon last week. I think they really did. And I think you could see them. What does Reed want to do? He wants to throw the ball 40 times a game. Kelsey's going to get his. I don't think, so. I think it's going to be a flip of the strip. Let's see if I'm right. I think it's going to be a flip of the script. Uh, Buffalo is going to go plus one, and Andy Reid is going to revert to his old self and get McKinnon out there and jet sweeps with Hartman, jet sweeps with Tyreek Hill. It's going to well, be a creative runs. And sometimes a screen pass or a short pass and telling Mahomes to take off and run when he sees man is a way to get a running game in. It's um... – Tyreek Hill's the X factor in this game. He has not been solid throughout the whole year. He's been up and down like a roller coaster. I, I think he needs to be a little bit more solid for them, you know, on offense. And I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So he struggled against you know, the high. I, zones. I like. I think I agree with Jim. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to be a highly competitive game. It could hinge on one or two different mistakes in the game that, that decide the factor. But I agree. I think Kansas City has the tactical advantage on offense where they can they unlocked McKinnon last week and I think that's that's a that's a, a priority for Buffalo is to stop him because Kelsey's going to get his so it's up to them to stop McKinnon they're going to get the ref calls because uh they're asking the good citizens of Buffalo to pay 750 million dollars for a uh a new stadium the rest know this so half of betting is math. We we do like the strategy. We do like learning. And, we, and it helps the enjoyment of the game. But in this case, uh, the number is way too high. It is at 54 and a half, 55 and a half. The average score of an NFL game is 45 points. It's a, a playoff game with two conservative guys, right? So I like the under all day, every day. We're going to look, uh, we'll do a live stream half hour before kickoff, tell you where the line is. But Jim has solidified. Thank you, sir. You've, you've eased my mind. <laughs> that pick. Any props? Yes, props on this one. I already said digs over on the yardage. I got it at 69 and a half. I don't know if it moves upward from there like that. Josh Allen, and this number went up 11 yards today. I got his over on the combined rushing and passing at 322 and a half. It went up to 333. If it goes over 335, you don't want to touch that. I want the combination because I don't know exactly which one is going to be, but he's going to get it through the combo. I don't, so, and then, the last one, nope, those are the only two I got in the game. It's those two. Any Anything on McKinnon? And they haven't posted anything. Nothing's posted for McKinnon. Didn't find a single thing posted on him. Wow. None of the running backs are posted. Wow. Wow. I wonder if that'll go up tomorrow. Because Edwards Hilaire is ruled back in again. So He's off the injury report. 
Oh, he is. Okay. All right. So he's definitely in. So he looked good to me last week. <laughs> we yeah, he did. All right. Thank you. E- ease my mind. Uh, this is a process selfishly gives me uh, a little bit more information to kind of solidify what I'm doing to make it profitable. Again. Last word, guys. Thank you so much for clarifying things. Thanks for having me. Great weekend of football. Everybody enjoy, 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 and then collect the winnings when it's over. Yeah, and as Jim said last week, this is all drying up really quickly here. So uh, get your get your bets in. This is the best weekend of football that the NFL has to offer usually. So enjoy the games. I like championships. And next week, next Friday, just be two games. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> just two games to go over. Uh, it's a fun Sunday. Last Sunday of football for the year. Yep. Uh, it's not philanthropy or religion. It's just business, not just, I hate the word just. Whenever you give, you get 10 times more. So, like Mr. Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC podcast. All right. You got through it, gave you a lot of information. That's why this fuck don't cost $800 and that cost